welcome to week seven of our Wonder Series, and um, where we've just pretty much been focusing on the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So I'm going to give a highlight of Numbers 33, and um, through this today, I want to just talk about thankfulness, how we can show that we're grateful to God, how we can stay grateful and stay thankful to God. So that's our key things. A lot of times it's easy to kind of forget stuff and get caught up in everything. So if, we, if you look at Numbers 33, what you're going to find is an overview of the children of Israel. It's kind of like pretty much a list of campsites, every place they went. And what that's highlighting is every place they went in those 40 years, and it's a lot. So it would be like if you're over at Carter Cave, you went to 90, then you went to 120, then you went to 93, then you went back to 90. And um, if you ever get a chance, I should have put it up there, but uh, if you ever get a chance to look at a map of the children of Israel journey, I mean, it's like crazy. It looks, I mean, you're zigzagging everywhere, and the thing is, they could have just went bam. So um, just a little bit of background is uh, we're still learning about the children of Israel. Numbers 13 and 14, um, it talks about the 12 spies that were originally sent out to check out the promised land, to see what was there, to see if they could take it. Um, and uh, what they, God had already promised in that land long time ago so they get there they have 12 spies do you may remember how many reported bad that they couldn't do it 10 so only two said yeah man we can take it God's with us he's for us he's not against us we can do this so the whole reason that they wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness was because they doubted God and what he could do and God just became angry with him. He had tolerated, and we're going to talk through some things that just some reminders that had happened and how that ties into our thankfulness to God. But that was the whole reason for the 40 years. God said, look, I'm going to give you this lane. You're going to go in. You're going to take it. Twelve spies go out. Ten come back, say negative. Two were like, well, no, we can do it. And the thing about that is, and I, I remember sermon series been did, and it's been a long, it's been a few years ago because the wall, I can picture my mind, the walls were all still white. And... Um, some of you remember that, most of you don't. But Dana was one of them, and Trampus, or Travis was the other one. Dana, do you remember this? Ben had you carry a, a rod, and it had balloons that we'd made to look like grapes. You and Travis were, and that's probably Ben, I bet you three or four years ago. Me and Ben have been here six years coming up at the end of September. I was just looking at that, so that's pretty awesome. Yep. But the thing was, these grapes, it took two grown men to carry one bunch of grapes on a stick. That's how awesome this land was that God said, look, I'm giving this to you. I mean, can you, I mean, you get grapes now and they're shriveled up. Depending on where you go, I'm not going to tear any grocery stores down. But half the time you get molded fruit. Yeah, amen, that tears me up. And then somebody go, why don't you take it back? I said, I still mean, I just threw it in the trash. I'm not driving back down there. But these grapes were so big in this land, it took two men to carry one bunch. And now you can carry one bunch in your hand. And half of them just, it just, it ain't no good. So they had seen this, and the, the ten spies come back. They said, oh, we can't do it. We're like grasshoppers. They're giants. God, we can't do this. So God was like, that's it. I'm done. I did all these things, and you still aren't getting the picture. So there's some things I want to look at. Um, they wandered around for 40 years because of their disobedience and unbelief, not to mention the fact that they were whiny. I'm sure none of us are ever whiny. I totally just lied just then. God forgive me. Um, the thing is, that was only a 250-mile journey, okay? So even in ancient times, that only should have took like 11 days, and it took 40 years. 
that is a long time to be messing around because of one choice. God, we can't do it. And God had been so merciful through everything else, but they forgot all that. So they wandered around, it took 40 years. And this is the thing, before they went to see that promised land, to see these graves that were as big as the size of Mike's head, because it's huge. And yep, I'm not taking that off the recording because I edit the sermon, so sorry about your luck. He got me on Facebook the other day, so I was just burning him back. But th- there were several things. Uh, whenever, if you look, Exodus, the first or the second book of the Bible, but that's where it talks about the Exodus out of Egypt. That's the first, um, the first encounters. So first, the children of Israel, they'd seen ten plagues that God had done. Frogs, blood, blood in the water, darkness, locust. Uh, the huge one, all the Egyptians' firstborns died. And, I mean, we're not just talking about a plague where a bunch of people get sick. I mean, it was specific. They had seen that. They, they forgot about it. They got manna from heaven. Coriander seed, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, been mentioned again last week. They got water from rocks, another miracle. Uh, they had quail once they got tired of eating manna. They wanted some meat, so God sent quail to fall on the ground. Um, and then not to mention that the people who rose up against Moses, I don't remember if we've touched on this, but there was this guy named Korah. Um, he went to Moses and had a couple men with him and just said, look, you know, you're not doing right. You're, they wanted more power. It was just rebellion is all it was. Well, the earth opens up, swallows Korah, his followers, and all their families up. And then the 250 people that sided with him were, divided, were devoured by fire. So they had seen all these things, and still they're whining about, well, Moses, you brought us out here to die. We should have been Egypt. All those miracles, they had forgot. And the thing is, in the moments of trials and tribulations and tests, what are you going to do? Are, you gonna, are we going to be grateful that we're still here and we can press on and we can go on? Or are we just going to sit down and have a pity party and be like, well, I'm just going to go back home to Egypt where I'm a slave? I mean, that's, what, that's what's so crazy. They'd seen all these things, and they're wanting to go back to being beat every day. Well, hey, they, they had three meals, but I guarantee you they weren't great because they're not going to give the Israelites good food. The Egyptians were going to eat that. So what are we going to do? So one thing I think, um, one first thing I want to cover is when we're talking about being thankful and how we show that we're thankful, one, looking at the children of Israel, they had forgot where they'd come from. Anybody ever heard of the saying, well, you're above your raisin? And we've all seen it, you know, a lot of times we want to say, well, they were dirt poor whenever I grew up with them, and now they act like they don't even know me. And it's so easy to point the finger to everybody else, but the thing is, we're at, we act that same way in a different way. And so they forgot where they'd come from. One thing that I think is important in your Christian walk, get a prayer journal. Um, I've got prayer journals that I've had since I was probably 18 or 19 years old, and then when we've pastored, you know, different places and been on staff at different places, things that I've wrote down. When you have a prayer journal and you can see what God has brought you through, it makes a huge difference because it's right there in front of your face. Because even though, like, we remember stuff, you know, sometimes wives think, well, I remember everything. My husband forgets everything, but I don't have to remember and I have to show him the way. I guarantee you there's still a lot of stuff that we forget. So... Some things to help us remember what we've came from, what God has brought us from, what situations we've been in, what situations we've overcome. Get a prayer journal. To remain thankful, never forget where he's brought you from. And sometimes it's easy to feel entitled. And I'm going to be honest, Americans are the worst people in the world for being entitled. And, I mean, you would, people are like, well, I deserve that, blah, blah, blah. Well, just a quick history lesson. This land that we live on, it ain't even ours. We ran the Native Americans off. 
I mean, I'm just being honest. We're, we had some horrible ancestry stuff. We think we've got it all together and we owe because of the color of our skin or because of what we're doing. Get out. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you or the good Lord split you. Y'all like it. Some of y'all be trying to remember that and try to say it to somebody, but you'll butcher it and mess it up. So some of you just don't even. But we can feel so entitled because, well, I'm owed this. I've worked hard. What did Ben say last week? Everything is whose. It's not my job. It's not my paycheck. God's lending that to me while it's here. And what we're talking about this week is going to tie in right with what he's talked about last week. So sometimes we get entitled. Guys, none of it's ours. We need to remember where we came from. Remember that it's God that's blessed us. Because we can't begin to be thankful until we realize what we would really have without him, which is nothing. So sometimes it's easy. So we need to remember where we came from, our past, not to dwell on it. Because Ben always says there's too much abundance in your future to dwell on the lack in your past. Not to dwell on it, but just to remember, okay, God, you know, you brought me through that and you brought me through this. Um, number two. A way to stay, show that we're thankful and we're grateful to God is by worshiping him. I'm not just talking about, you know, when we're singing praise and worship, lifting our hands because it gives us the feel-goods. Anybody can raise their hands at just the right times in a song. I've been in church enough. I know when to do it. But it's good to worship. It's good to sing praises to God. But we can also give him our time, our talents, and our treasures because they're really his. That's how we show we're thankful is by giving back to God. So attend a service. Everybody said, look at your name and say, attend the service. Attend the service. Guys, there's 168 hours in a week, and we whine about giving an hour and 15 minutes to God. And if I'm stepping on your toes, oh well, shame on you. I don't have any mercy because God has just put me through the grinder this week because I've got a lot of issues in my life. And I'll share some of those with you. But we gripe about, oh, I just don't have time. I can't do it. you got 168 hours, and we can't give an hour and 15 minutes to God. And just to give you a tip... That's only 0.75% of your week. So it's not even 1%. Amen. Attend a service. Do something. Uh, meet a need. Serve, especially in the area God has gifted you in. Now, I know a lot of times we can get people to help in things, and sometimes we ask people just to try it out to see if that's something they feel comfortable in. But if, if toilet paper needs change, don't be like, well, that's not the, God, that's not the area God called me to, get, to gift me in. I just can't do that. Dear Lord, grab the toilet paper and put it on the holder. Just do it. But it is important, though, that we find where we fit in in the church because God can really bless us whenever we step into our calling. Obviously, if you're not somebody that likes to talk a lot, we're probably not going to have you greeting people because if somebody comes in and you look like this, you're probably not going to come back, but we would love to have you do some behind-the-scenes stuff, whether it's cleaning or just helping clear the flower bed. And the thing is, none of this is better than, some, than anybody else. Because it takes all of it. So um, set an example. God is not the only one watching. And you say, well, I thought we were talking about being thankful. Well, when we're thankful and showing God thanks, there's some things that people can notice. Um, God is not the only one watching. Your kids watch you. Your unsaved friends watch you. Be a pillar of the community. Jason up at Kentucky Heights, him and Ben drive me nuts. Because Ben always says this. He goes, be a pillar. He goes, I'm a pillar of the community. And really, as Bethesda, we need to be pillars of the community. People need to look at us and know that, hey, there's something different about them. Not there's something different about them in the sense that, well, they cuss like a sailor and they go to that church, so they are different. But there's just something that they see just from the inside out that just radiates the love of God. 
I always think if Ben talks about Gene Miracle, some of y'all know him. He's a pastor at um, Grace Baptist Church in Garrison. And I've not really talked to him much. I've met him. But I've always heard Ben say, Ben's dad's not a Christian. You all know that. Super good guy. I can get him to come and grill and cook out when Gartha planted this church. If you all don't know, this is this is Pastor Gartha Swearage. And say hi. Hi, Gartha. Um, whenever they were turning this into church building, man, <laughs> had got a backhoe and was digging sewer lines. He's done everything I've ever asked him to do for the church. So people that aren't saved watch. And he's worked with Gene Miracle, and I've heard Ben say this before, like Gene was never late for work. He never lost his temper. Always did what he was supposed to. Ben, Ben's dad said, if that's ever a Christian, that's one right there. What do people say about you in your walk? What do people say about me in my walk? When I want to choke a kid at school, you know, how, how well am I hiding that anger? You don't say anything. But pe- people are watching us. And does our lives show that we're thankful to God, or does it show that we're entitled we can just do whatever we want? Our actions make a difference. We impact people. People are watching us in more ways than we know, and what we reap or what we sow is what we reap. You reap what you sow. That goes with your kids, your family, your friends, sometimes people that don't even know you in the community, they just see you out. What are our lifestyles reflecting? Are they reflecting that we're thankful and that God's truly blessed us? Guys, some of you may want to get a pen because this is a really difficult thing about serving. This is something that people really struggle with. If you want to serve in the church, and this applies to your home, your spouse, your kids, your family. We, we want to serve everybody. But this is really difficult, so I'm going to say it slow. Find something that needs to be done and do it. If you want to serve, find a need that needs met. If, we, if you look at ministry, it means to cater to, to serve to one's needs. Not just a waiter or anything like that, but you serve, you cater to somebody else's needs instead of your own. And that's the thing about serving. It's not just up to me and Ben to do everything. It's not just up to Amy or Earl or Dusty or Albie or uh, Mom and Dad or Tara that's teaching in children or whoever. We all take a part. We all take ownership in something. Serve. Find something that needs to be done. If you see that something needs to be done, don't run up and tell me, hey, that needs to be done. Take it upon yourself and do it. If it's something that is kind of questionable, then yeah. But find something that needs to be done. And do it. So we've talked about well, worshiping God. We we worship Him with our lives. Worship is a lifestyle. It's not just something that we come to church and do on on Sundays. It's it's living a life that's pleasing to God all through the week, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 168 hours in a week. So we worship Him with our time. We worship Him with our talents, and we worship Him with our treasure, because really they're His. So we talked about attending a service, giving God our time, and serving. We talked about. Um, with our talents as we serve in the area that God's gifted us in. God gives some people specific talents. Some people are super creative. You use that for the glory of God. Some people, not so much. I'm not real creative. I can work and do stuff, but so, you know, just find something. God's given everyone a talent. The last thing is treasures. We worship God by giving Him our treasures. And um, the things that things that are important to us are our treasures the things that we hold dear to our heart sometimes the things that we hold dear to our heart 
aren't exactly what we think it is. A lot of times it's, it's stuff that it's monetary. But a lot of times with money, that's a treasure to us because we have to have it to make the world go around. We got to have bills. We got to have got to have gas to get places. We got to have this and that so we can worship God and we can show that we're thankful by giving back to him. And, you know, something that I hate when it happens, but it does happen. You know, a lot of times people come in church and they'll be like, man, pray with me about this job. Pray that I get this. Pray that I get that. You know, I just really need something. Once I get it, I'm going to give God everything. You know what happens when they get the job? You never see them at church. <laughs> or when they've, you know, and then, and then it's just like they've made all these promises. God knew what was going to happen because he sees the big picture. He still blesses us with the job. And what do we do with it? So if we're truly thankful when God blesses us with something, we're here for him until we get that, that ultimate concept that that's why we're here. Nothing else is going to... I can babble on forever, but if you don't understand the concept that we're here because of God, it's, it's meaningless. Your whole Christian walk is meaningless, everything. So as we're worshiping God and we're thanking him with our treasures, um, one of the things that always comes to mind is tithing and offering, which we just took those I had to look for a minute they're over there on the table um, we don't talk a lot about money in this church I mean we always take up an offering and um, you won't hear me or Ben ever say much about that because we don't I don't want to be one of those churches <laughs> and you guys have seen the people on TV that beg for money for for a hundred dollar love offering you can get this bottle of of holy water and I guarantee it's come out of a tap somewhere in the US and they've just put a sparkly ribbon on it or something like that but I don't like gimmicks. We don't talk a lot about that because God always, he always provides. Sometimes you have to. But God's very plain in his word about giving. He tells us to tithe. A tithe is a tenth. Plain and simple. Offerings like missions, that's above your giving. And that's not me, guys. That's, that's, that's God in the Bible saying that, look, you need to tithe. That's how we pay electric bills. That's how we help people. That's how we uh, buy school clothes for people, groceries water bills, sewage, improvements, air conditioning, heat. We love those things, but we don't really, th but that's where that stuff comes from. And this is the thing in relation to what God gives us. He gives us 100% of that. He only asks back for 10. You get that concept? God's given us 100%. He gives us the means to work. He gives us everything, and he only asks back for 10%. So we get to keep the other 90. Tithing is a way that we worship God. It's very important. And, you know, a lot of times people think, well, somebody else will get it. Man, if everybody had that concept, I can guarantee you, when she was here, those doors would have been closed a long time ago. We would have never made it up here. But we, can, we show that we're thankful and give back to God because he's blessed us with some. We give, to tithe, we give our tithes. We give to missions. We give to projects in the community. God has blessed us not so we can say, oh, well, I'm blessed. I feel good about myself. And I know sometimes that money's tight. I know that. And, and everybody's different, so I'm just going to speak for me. Whenever Ben and I, some of you have heard this story before, you're going to hear it again. Sorry. Whenever we moved to Middlesboro, Ben left a 60, almost $70,000 job in the office. And it's kind of cool because God's brought that full circle. He has that same job now. And I really believe because that we, we were obedient to God, we left everything. And he's brought that full circle around, so that's kind of neat. 
but he was making sixty or seventy-five thousand dollars. I had a really good job at the bank; was able to get off pretty much whenever I wanted, um, and all kinds of stuff. God says, "I want you to go to Middlesbrough," so we sell the house. Um, we moved down there, not knowing anyone. There was a couple that was like our presbyters for the section that lived in London, Mary Jane and Troy Box. That was really the only people down there that we knew, and they were like an hour and fifteen minutes away from where we were at. So we go down there. There is no pipe fitter work because uh, Knoxville didn't have anything going on, and that was the closest major city. Um, it was just, it was crazy. You go from having a set income to nothing. And I'd never lived on unemployment. I'm thankful, I'm very thankful for it, so I'm not griping or whining. But, or, and you still have your same bills pretty much. You still have rent, you still have car payments, you still have all this and that. But God provided while we were there. When we went to the church, it took about $1,500 a month to run, or 2000 I think. Yeah, because the mortgage was like $1,100. It took about $2,000 a month to run. It was like $126 in the account. And the bills were coming due like in a couple of weeks. There was eight people there. It was like a 300 and some person sanctuary church. It was massive. And um, God provided. He provided a job for Ben. He worked at ARH and was a chief engineer at a hospital. Um, I ended up, there was a family that came to the church that ended up working, uh, doing embroidery work for this print shop. Everything started coming together, and I can't talk about you, but for me personally, I never quit paying a tithe check. I never quit giving to missions. Even though I didn't have it, God always provided. I can't talk about you, but that's me, and that's what God's word says to do. So we can worship God with our time, talents, our treasures. That, just, that still blows my mind. If you look at it from that perspective, well, God, I made five hundred dollars this week. Fifty dollars is an awful lot of money. I don't have that. He's letting you keep the other four hundred and fifty. If you don't need something, don't buy it. See, when Ben's gone, I can get by eating cheap. I can eat like Ben's sausages. I can eat salad. I can eat vegetables that Mary's gave me because he has to have. He don't like to eat healthy, and Ben's sausages are healthy. There's not hardly any carbs in them. I'm telling you, there's no carbs in them. And if you eat them with mustard and barbecue sauce and different things, you can't even taste of any sausage anymore. But um, God, God wants us to be good stewards of our money. That's one of the ways that we show that we're grateful is we bless as he's blessed us. And the last point is by sharing our victories with others. That's how we show that we're grateful. Giving a testimony. Let me tell just like what I just did. I'm not saying everybody's going to be able to say, well, I moved almost 300 miles away from home, didn't have a... <laughs> Didn't have a pot to pee in when we moved down there because we didn't have nothing. We started from scratch. We just took our stuff down in a trailer, put it in the church until we could find something. Uh, we'll start remembering something whenever we were driving down there before we finally moved. We were sleeping at the church on Sunday afternoons in between services. And that was a totally new experience for me. But just that, I mean, God always provides. Sometimes you forget about stuff like that. But um, just like that testimony I just gave, God providing the things that God's brought you out of, your past, your present, your future, that stuff is how we show we're grateful. That's how we remember how grateful we are. Sometimes It's so easy to forget, oh, poor pitiful me. What Sister Joanne can tell you, man, there's been some doozy stories here, hasn't there? And sometimes, you know, when I face something, I can be like, man, I'm never, and then I'm like, oh, wait. Let me look at my prayer journal. I was like, I made it way better out of this, and it was way harder. So I was like, I'm good. God's got this. 
And that's the same thing with the children of Israel. They had all these opportunities, all these miracles that they had seen before their very own eyes. But they got so caught up in their current situation, they couldn't even be grateful and thankful for what God has brought you from. So what's God brought you out of this morning? Has he healed your marriage? Has he restored your marriage? Has he brought your, has he, is he doing some stuff in your kid's life? Is, what, what has he done in your workplace? What has God done? What, what should you be grateful for? Are you giving him? Are we giving him? Am I giving him the thanks that he needs? As we share our testimonies with others, we can tell them the good things the Lord has done. When we forget stuff about what the goodness, the greatness, all the good stuff that God's done, guess what? It's real easy to lose your fire for Jesus, your spark. Well, I don't even want to go to church anymore. Nobody likes me. Nobody talks to me. All they want is my money. And you probably won't hear anybody talk about tithing for a long time. Um, but like I said, that's just not, not something we do. I do think it's important, though. But whenever we let ourselves and we don't live the blessed life, like I'll give an example, Mary. Oh, my Lord, she's so stinking happy all the time. But that's a good thing. We love you, Mary. She is, and she'll call the house, and Ben does it on purpose a lot of times, but he'll go, hello. She'll go, I told you to quit answering the phone like that. But Mary is so happy all the time. And if you ever listen to Mary and hear her testimony and the things that she's had to walk through from her childhood up to where she's at now, you would wonder what, and Greg Hall's the same way. If you ever get some time, talk to Greg about what he's walked through. My dad, man, he's happy. He comes in here on Sunday morning, and he's all singing. I'm like, dear Lord, Ernie. I'm like, just stop. I'm not ready for this. I can't handle it. And you'll see that when we go camping. I mean, I'll be up, but you may not want to talk to me. I'm just, I'm just that kind of person. But God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be that way. Obviously, some of us are more that way than others, and that's okay. But whenever we start losing that relationship with Jesus that vertical relationship between us and God, it affects all the horizontal stuff. We don't want to be around with people. We don't want to talk to people. We don't want to do anything because this is messed up. Don't, don't lose your fire. And you can't blame that. I'm going to be honest on anybody but yourself. I can't blame anybody for that myself. And I'm not, I may be a little bit biased because my husband's a pastor. But I know Ben's heart, and I know he does the best that he can, and I know he does what he's supposed to. And if somebody ever says that they're not getting fed, you ain't eating what's on your plate. That's not my problem. And I'm just, I'm just going to be honest now. You know, everybody may not feel that way, and there's a place for everybody. And we don't do anything, everything perfect. We mess up a lot. But so when we lose that joy on the inside, that, that's the problem. We forget what God's brought us from. We forget the things he's promised that he's going to do. All we see is the negative. Well, I'm, I'm tired. I had a bad week at work. Some of my family called me this morning and put me in a bad mood. I don't want to go. I don't like to answer my phone in the mornings, because, especially on Sunday mornings because I never know what I'm going to hear. Usually the only person I'll ever answer from is Sister Joanne because I know it's just something. She's like, I'm not feeling good. Pray for me. But sometimes it's just I don't want to hear kind of garbage, not that I don't care. But, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's time to go worship God, focus on the good stuff. I'll pray about it. But let's, let's get excited for what God's doing before we kind of unload. And God's going to take care of that. So this is something that I'm going to start closing with. We want to blame everyone else, just like the Israelites blame Moses for their current situation. 
in reality, the problem's us. Moses was just doing what God called him to do. Did that mean everything was going to go perfect? And what's crazy is even like, well, even the part that I was talking about earlier when Korah and his rebels, God was ready to wipe them out right then, which are several times. You start reading in Exodus, go through Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all that, um, till you get to Joshua, which, I mean, it still reverts back. But if you read those two or three books straight through, you will see there were several instances where God was like, I'm done. I'm wiping them out. Moses actually intercedes for these people who are ready to cut his throat and said, God, please don't what you promised. And so that's what that result was from, the earth opening up and, and, well, eating, swallowing all those people and then sending fire on the other 250. That was mercy. Now, thank God he sent his son on a cross so we don't see that kind of thing. Somebody told me one time, I don't like the Old Testament God, he's angry. <laughs> well, if you read through it, he is, and, and but I mean, you read the other stuff, he's got a right to be. He brought these people through all these miracles, and they're still whining and griping about, well, Moses, you brought us out here to die, we should have been there. And then wonder why in the world they've wandered around about 40, for 40 years. So this is the thing, and this is just estimating but in closing, there was, Ben said, there, the, some scholars will tell you there was close to six million, and there was probably a lot more than this, but I'm just going to say what if. They say there were 600,000 men, so you figure each one of them had one wife, because being on a journey for 40 years, if you had more than one wife at that time, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Went around for 40 years. You think it's bad on a campsite with just one wife, or with just one husband, Earl Brown. Imagine having two or three. So 600,000 men. You figure 600,000 women, that's 1.2 million. And I just did some figuring. If each family had 1.5 kids, we're talking between two and two and a half million, which they probably had more than that. There was no forms of birth control, so kids were running everywhere. It was like the Duggars times a million. So if there were two to two and a half million people that left Egypt, and what God tells them, Whenever he's, he's saying, look, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Whenever you turn 20, there's a registration. It's kind of like your war draft. Um, so if you were 20 and up, whenever you left Egypt, God wanted all those dead. So they all died in the wilderness for 40 years, the 20 and up. So just the 19 and unders made it. That's just the way that he did it. Don't ask me. You can ask him when you get to heaven someday. And just, this is kind of a neat tip, too, a neat fact. If you look in uh, the Gospels where Jesus is talking to Peter about paying a temple tax, temple tax was just for 20 and up, too. So that tradition kind of kept the whole thing. Um, if you look at that, Peter and Jesus were the only ones that paid temple tax. So that means all your other 11 disciples were 19 and under. So how cool is that? A lot of times you see these pictures and paintings of the Last Supper and everybody's got big, long beards and, and really old. The thing was, Jesus turned the world upside down with a bunch of teenagers, pretty much. So all these that were 19 and under, they got to live through the wilderness. So, and they, they seen all this stuff happen. And what's crazy is Israel still reverted back. You can read through the major and minor prophets and just see, see crazy stuff. But the thing is, if I say there was close to 2 million people, that were in that 20 and up. 
You can read other parts in Numbers. Joshua and Caleb, which were the two spies that had the, the positive um, the positive outlook that God can do this, he can take this, we're good. Only two people out of two million made it into the promised land. You think about that. Because of moaning, because of griping, because of complaining, because of unbelief, because of lack of faith. Two out of two million. I mean, that's insane. God had promised this for everyone. But because they had forgot how to be thankful and remain positive. Only two people. I mean, think about that. 20 and up. If you had, and I'm estimating, but two million people, that's two and six zeros. Only two people made it. And the thing is, we better be glad God still doesn't have that kind of wrath and judgment. He can do whatever he wants. But I'd say a lot of us would be in trouble, myself included. So two out of two million for that age group is all it made. So stand your feet with me, Dusty, if you'll come play real softly. So this is what I want to ask. I want to ask how grateful are you? How grateful am I this morning? How thankful are you? How much do you show that to God and to others, that you are grateful for what God's done? You're thankful for what he's done. How much do you show, how much does that uh, show through your life? Do people see us as stingy, hateful, ill-tempered lunatics? Just being honest, or do people see us as somebody that loves Jesus and just really wants to show up some others some good stuff? So, in looking at that, the thing is, it's easy to forget where we've come from and we can get ourselves right back in the same boat in the blink of an eye. Right back in the same boat. Because I just listed probably ten things right there. And I just included the plagues as one. But it's crazy. We can get ourselves right back in that situation. And the thing is, missing one Sunday, it turns into two Sundays, and then it turns into a month, and then it turns into months. I've seen it. You don't give one Sunday. Well, I don't have it the next because we've spent our money on others. I don't have it this. It turns into months. There's plenty of serving opportunities at this church that I know of, and we're just too busy. It's always something. But as long as I'm all right in my little world, as long as I've got the money to pay my truck payment, as long as I've got the money to take care of my house, as long as I've got the money to eat and I'm happy, everything's okay. And man, we can get so wrapped up in material things. And I'm not trying to beat anybody up because I've got all my own faults. I, you know, I've got a bad temper. Um, I don't, Ben is the, is the patient out of the group, out of the two of us. I have no, no issues. But my question is this, are we doing all that we can to really live out our thankfulness in a way that's pleasing to God, or can we do more? So just bow your heads with me. So just think about in your life something that, okay, God speak to me this morning. What is something in my life that I need to that I need to focus on, that I need to change, that I need to have more passion about, that I need to have more purpose about? Am I doing everything I can? Am I not doing everything I can? Could I do more? And I want to be honest, the whole thing of this series and something that God spoke to me that I've realized, I don't just want to be wandering through this life with no passion, with no purpose, just trying to get by when God's 
God, God has me a promised land. He has me a promised purpose. He has just all kinds of great opportunities waiting for me. But I'm too selfish to, to get past all that. So just ask God, just just take God, what do I need to work on? Am I being a lot? Do I need to do I need to do more? Do I need to step up my game? And I'm gonna ask the same myself the same question, God, what would you have me to step up in? What would you have me to change? God, we don't want to be wanderers, Father God. We don't want to be like the children of Israel, just lost in just a, a wilderness, God, where we have no idea where we're at from one day to the next, God. We want passion. God, we want purpose, Father God. We want to hear your voice, God, speak to us, God, and correct us when we need to be corrected, Father. God, we want the best that you have for Bethesda, God. We want the best that you have for Lewis County, for surrounding counties, God. For all those, especially, God, that do not know you yet. Lord, we just worship you today, God, and we just thank you, God. God, I pray that you would prick our hearts this morning. God, that you just speak to us, God. And Lord, let this be a reminder, not just something, well, I need to do more and forget about it by the time next Sunday rolls around. God, Lord, let us be life-changed. God, Lord, let this not just be an experience. God, let it be a lifestyle. God, that we would worship you, that we would lay our lives down for you. God, we thank you for each and everything that you're going to do in our lives. God, you are awesome. And just as this song says, great are you, Lord. God, you're great above all the earth, Father God. Everything we have is yours, God. Thank you for even allowing us to be able to get up this morning. Thank you for allowing us to go work at the jobs that you've blessed us with. Thank you for the opportunities and the things that we have to, to just to share with others, God. Help us to do that, God. Help us to be a light for you and for your name. God, help us to remember that everyone is watching us, Father God, even when we don't realize it, God. And our examples, God, our actions, they speak volumes more than we could ever know to the eyes of those around us. Lord, I pray that you'd set a fire in our hearts this week, God. Fire in our hearts the rest of our lives. God, that would help us to have that passion. God, we're excited to know you, not just to come to church, but God, but excited to do things for you, Father. Lord, I just, I just worship you in spirit and in truth. God, and I just thank you for each and everything that you've done in our lives. Amen. You may be seated. Gartha, I'm going to ask you to come up and bless the church and just close us out in a blessing. I wasn't planning on doing that, but I just felt like the God spoke that to me. Can I share just a little bit? Uh, it's wonderful that you was teaching about tithe. That changed my life, mine and Tom's life. We... Uh, we had a pastor in Bucyrus, Ohio, in the 70s. We knew nothing about get, we knew nothing about anything, and know just a little bit more now, but not too much. But that pastor, he taught about tithing one Sunday morning, and it hit both of us. It sunk in our heart, Pastor Leslie, and we we didn't even want that money. That's not ours. He gives us 90 percent, so the 10. God blessed us. Now, I want to tell you how it ended up. And he'll do this. He don't give to get, but he takes it's a trust issue. I trust him. Trust him with everything. Everything. And when Tom passed away, I just want to share this testimony. Some people came to my house just a couple months before he died. And the guy said, Gartha, 
want you to call me. If anything happens, I don't care what time of night in. They bought me a ticket, flew me home without costing me a dime. I get home, Bethesda Assembly of God had it all taken care of. I didn't have to do anything. You can, God takes care of his kids. And Tom and I were married for 52 years. And I've been home, and God is so good. I just, I want to close. I want to bless you. I want to pray blessing on you. But I just want to say this. If you don't know anything else, if you learn the 23rd Psalm, and if you want to help me say it, is it okay? We th say the 23rd Psalm together? Okay. It goes something like this. The Lord is my shepherd. Do it slow. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me, Gartha, beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. Thou anointest me with oil. Surely goodness and mercy. Somebody named their dogs goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He never leaves me, so I have no fear. He never left me. God bless you. It's wonderful. My, such good preaching of the word. Just absolutely the word of God. And Joshua and Caleb about us old people. He was 85 years old. And he said, Lord, even then he had that vision. Let me go in. Let me go. I'm as strong as what I used to be. Back 40 years ago when he wanted to go into the promised land. God bless you abundantly. Would you bow your heads? God bless you abundantly. I speak blessings over this congregation. I speak blessings over Pastor Ben and Pastor Leslie. I speak blessings over every man and woman and boy and girl that attends this church. I bless the children that take up the offering. I speak blessings, Father. Bless them on their going ins. Bless them on their coming out. Father, give them jobs. Lord, help them to get out of debt. Show them, Lord. Let them just learn to know you and to love you personally. And, Father, bless each and every one of them because you won't ever leave us and you won't ever forsake us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen.